Welcome to the Faith Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm Pastor Carrick Butler II. We believe today's message will empower you to make Jesus famous in every area of your life. Here's today's message. Now, before I let you sit down, I need three family volunteers. Okay, you guys can come up. That's one group. All right, you guys can come up. And you guys can come up. Go ahead. Applause for them as they come. All righty. Now, here's where I want you guys to be. Yeah, well, this works already. So you guys can take your place right behind here. Today's message is called Put the Puzzle Together. Say, Put the Puzzle Together. Together. All right. You guys can take your place around here around the table, and you guys can take your spot right here. Now, inside the puzzle box are puzzle pieces. And how many of you ever put puzzles together? So you know you have to look at the picture to know what you're putting together. But because this is a Pastor Carrick example, there are some rules. You guys can put the puzzle together, but you cannot talk verbally to each other. You cannot use any words of communication. If you know sign language, you can't use that either. <laughs> so you guys have to put this puzzle together without communicating to one another. All right. Now, you guys can talk to each other, but little guys, you guys can't help. All right? So you guys can't help. You can't tell mommy and daddy anything. You can't point. You can't help them at all. So you guys have to do this by yourself, okay? And you guys, you don't have any rules. All right, you may be seated. Open your Bibles with me to Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. You guys can go ahead and start. Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. We're continuing with our family series. If you're newer here, every fall we take time to teach on faith and family. This year's series is called The House of Faith. We're talking about how to be, build successful, faith-filled families in today's generation. It is still possible in this time, in this generation, to have a successful, faith-filled family. Amen. So one of our text scriptures for the series is Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. We are the house of faith. Your individual house should be the house of faith. So I want you to say it with me. Say, we live by faith. We are building our family, our house, our church by faith. And on faith. We are the house of faith. And we are better together because we are faith. See, speaking of being we are faith, we have some new t-shirts that are coming in with our new logos. Black, blue, and white. Saw Minister Newman with one, Minister Rachel with some. So if you haven't, you can order yours online today so they can be available in a couple weeks so you can pick up. We have different ones we're displaying because we are faith and we've got faith gear. So to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. 
In a couple of weeks, I'm bringing some friends of mine, Pastors David and Nikki Winston. They're part of our House of Faith in Chicago at Living Word with Dr. Bill and Veronica Winston. So they're going to come down and minister to us. The 9 a.m. experience, we targeted toward married couples and the 1130 targeted toward singles. So make sure you don't miss that day. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. Now the just shall use faith for emergencies. The, ju- the just shall use faith when they come to church. The just shall use faith when pastor talks to him about faith. The just shall live by faith. Faith is a lifestyle. It's what we do every day. We should live by faith on purpose. So we know purposely how to use our faith. But also we should use our faith so often it becomes as natural as breathing. You only have to think about breathing if there's an issue in your body. But for most of us, we don't have to think about breathing. Y'all breathing and yawning right now. Y'all don't have to think about it. It's natural to you. That's how faith should be for each and every single person. See, as I said, the title of this message is called Put the Puzzle Together. Our life is made up of different parts and pieces. Your family is made up of different parts and pieces. This church family is made up of different parts and pieces. We put the pieces of our lives, of our family, and our church together by faith. Everything we do has to be rooted and grounded in faith. We go to work by faith. That doesn't mean, well, I believe God's going to translate me to work today, so I'm not going to drive through Atlanta traffic. That's not how, what I mean by going to work by faith. You go to work to put your natural ability into it, believing that God's super is going to help you that day. Kids, when you go to school, you don't just go to school, well, this class is too hard, I can't handle it, so I'm going to tune out. No, you're going to school by faith. So even if it's a subject you don't understand, you're studying the best, putting your best foot forward, and believe that God's going to help you still excel in that class. We do everything by faith. We have faith towards God. We talked about last week, kids, see, you know, I gave your parents cookies last week. You know, I don't know if they told you about it. They ate it pretty quickly. We said, just like if I walked up to you and said, would you like a cookie? That sounds different than me walking up to you and says, have a cookie. One is a question and part of a suggestion, and the other one is a command. Jesus said, have faith in God. That's not a suggestion. That's a divine command from our Lord Jesus Christ. So in everything we do, we must have faith towards God. We must have faith in God. No matter what we're facing, our faith has to be in God. Because if your faith is in what you can do by yourself, no wonder anxiety issues rise. Because you can't handle everything by yourself. You may be smart. You may be gifted. You may be good looking. You may know a lot of people. People may like you, but you don't have what it takes to do everything in this life by yourself. To be successful in this life, you must have faith in God. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. There are different parts and pieces to our life, like a puzzle. Hey, guys. Hold this. Thanks, Rick. First Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 9, 
For we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry or garden. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds thereon, but let every man take heed how he builds thereon. Go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Media department, I need you to take 20 minutes off that clock for me. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Now, therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. See, there's no foreigners, there's no strangers in the house of faith. Doesn't matter what country you're from. Doesn't matter where you were born. There are no strangers or foreigners in the house of faith. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together grows unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. We are God's building, and he's building us together. We're all different pieces of God's building. We're all different parts of his building. He's taking all of us and building us together as a building. Your life has different pieces, but so does your family. God is building your family. Your life and your family have different pieces, but so are this church. God is building this church, and he's building us together. Go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, makes increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. We are the house of faith, we are God's building, and we are the body of Christ. Each of us is a piece of God's plan and holds a piece of God's plan. Just like you have different parts of your body, each of us are a part of our family. Each of us are part of this faith family. Each of us are a puzzle piece in God's plan, and each of us holds a piece of God's plan. Say this again. Each of us is a puzzle piece of God's plan, and each of us holds a piece of God's plan. But if the pieces never come together, you never see what's going on. Go to Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Each of us is a piece of God's plan, and each of us holds a piece of God's plan. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Let's look at the end of verse 3. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. According as God has dealt to every man. When you look here, by context, he's talking to believers, not just people all around the world. So you can say every believer, the measure of faith. God has given to every believer the same measure of faith. Because if it were a different measure of faith, he would say a measure of faith. But he's saying the measure of faith. 
every believer starts out with the same measure of faith. No matter if you are 5 or 55, you all start with the same measure of faith. It is up to every believer to grow their faith like a muscle. Just because you want to bench press 400 pounds, just because it's the desire of your heart, if you haven't built some muscle behind it, and you go to lift that today, you'll be in the healing line next week. <laughs> you have to build that muscle. Same thing like faith. You have to build your faith. Doesn't matter if you're a kid or a teenager or an adult, you are responsible for building your faith. It's not my job to build your faith. It's not God's job to build your faith. It is your divine responsibility to build your faith. Say, everybody, every believer has faith. Now, when you look throughout the scriptures, sometimes it's a short burst of faith. Sometimes people have faith that lasts a long time. Some people have strong faith. Some people have weak faith. Some people don't use their faith at all. But you have faith. See, parents, your kids have faith. They have faith right now. Jesus told us in Matthew 18, he says, unless you come to me like a little child, you're not going to see the kingdom of God. Why? What is childlike faith? It's quick to believe. Childlike faith is quick to believe. You can tell your child today, we're going to Disney World next week. They don't need to see the evidence of the money in the bank. They don't need to see the Disney tickets. They don't need to see any of this evidence. You said we're going, so guess what they're going to say for the next week? When are we going? When are we going? When are we leaving? They're asking all these questions because they believe they're going to Disney World. They're going to tell all their friends, I'm going to Disney World. Why? Mama said I'm going to Disney World. Daddy said I'm going to Disney World. They're going to talk about it just because you said so. They are quick to believe, and it requires little outside evidence than what was communicated. Childlike faith is quick to believe and requires little evidence. Jesus wants us to have childlike faith that we're quick to believe. And we don't require a whole lot of evidence. We have to be like the centurion when he said, Jesus, just speak a word. Just say something. And I know my servant will be healed. What was that? That was faith in the word alone. He had no other evidence. That person who wanted to be healed was not with him. He had no evidence except Jesus said something. That's childlike faith that's quick to believe and doesn't require a lot of evidence. So a lot of times as we get older and life happens, we want God to give us some extra proof. But God doesn't work that way. He said, well, God, show me and I'll believe. And God says, believe and I'll show you. We don't live by what we see. We live by what we believe. We don't walk by sight. We don't walk by what we see, what we hear, what we, can, what we can experience in this natural realm. We live by faith. Say, we live by faith. We have to be quick to believe. We can't be like Zechariah, John the Baptist's father, who he and his wife have been praying for a baby for years, for decades. Now they're getting ready to retire. 
And Gabriel appears and says, hey, good news. God heard your prayers. You're about to have a baby. And Zachariah looks at him and says, how do I know what you're saying is true? And Gabriel gets an attitude. I am Gabriel. I stand before the face of God. You ain't about to mess this up. You ain't going to talk for the next 10 months. <laughs> but when Gabriel came to talk to Mary, Mary had a different question. She says, how are you going to work this out? She didn't say, how do I know it's true? She just needs some extra information. There's a difference when you ask God questions. One question is rooted in faith. God, I know you can do it. I just need some further instructions. The other one is, God, prove it to me. We can't be prove it to me Christians. Because if you're always a prove it to me Christian, you're never advancing the things of God. You have to be, if God said it, I believe it, that settles it. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm only moved by what I believe, and I believe the word of God. I have faith in God. That's what you have to be, quick to believe and not looking for all the outside evidence for what you want to come to pass. Go to Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Each of you is a piece of God's plan. Each of you hold a piece of God's plan. God has put a vision on each one of you, on the inside of each one of you, what you're trying to build in your life, in your family, and what he's called you to do. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by what? And what? By the what? So to be faith people, we have to be word people, not just favorite word people. We have to be people who are in the word all the time. That we come to church every week, not just every other week or once a month or, ooh, I felt something, I should go to church. <laughs> See, some of you are like, well, why are my kids acting this way? Well, when's the last time you've kept them in church? Because you're teaching them what's priority. Well, we're not going to church today because of this, because of that, 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 because of that. So that means Jesus is not first, but this and that, this and that, this and that, this and that is first. So you wonder why there's issues and you haven't kept them in the house of God. You have to be people who are always getting the word. That even if you're going on vacation and you're missing church, you're taking time as a family. Hey, even though we're not in church this morning because we're on vacation, let's look at a scripture together. You have to be families that are rooted in the word of God, that the word of God makes a decision on everything we do. You have to be in the Word because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And as you're people of the Word, you'll see there's more pieces that you get for what God's put in your heart that you won't get any place but the Word of God. See, I let this book, it's called the Christian Book of Knowledge, it looks really pretty, so it looks like a prop, represent what the Word of God should be in our life. Now, each team, hey guys, I know y'all looking for some more puzzle pieces. It's in the Word. So where's team A? Is this team A right here? Here's some more puzzle pieces. Team B? Here's some more puzzle pieces. And team C? Here's some more puzzle pieces. See, you can't be a successful Christian if you don't get in the book. 
You can't only open the book on Sunday morning. You have to live this thing. We have to be people who are in the Word all the time. Because whatever you get squeezed, whatever is in you is going to come out. Some of you, some other words come out. Your kids have heard you say those words. You said, don't tell anybody I said that. You got to put so much word in you that the word comes out no matter what happens. That no matter how hard you press, you say, thus saith the word. Thus saith the Lord. That's how much word you have to have on the inside of you. We all have different parts to play. So we can't be islands. We're part of this household of faith. We are better together. So that means not only do we come to church to give the word, to hear from God, to make sure our families don't go crazy. We have to form relationships. Because there's some answers and there's some pieces to your puzzle God will put in another believer. See, battle plans, Proverbs says, are established through the multitude of counselors. There's sometimes you're praying for wisdom that God won't tell you directly to your heart, but he's put it in a relationship he's called you to be in. But a lot of people don't want to be in relationships because that requires work. That you have to deal with people because they have issues. You got issues, they got issues. We all got issues together. But we have to have relationships. We have to get involved in small groups. We have to get involved in activities. We can't just be people that came to church, okay, I'm hungry, so I'm going to run out the door and get to that parking lot as fast as I can. We all hungry. But in your mad dash to eat, say hi to someone. Say, hey, you going to eat too? Where are you going to eat? Let's eat together. Have relationships. Form community. We are a faith family. We're not just a church. We are a family of friends. And that's how we have to see ourselves. Because there's some pieces that you need that you don't have. But someone else has. So, Minister Newman, if you give these teams the pieces that you have. That's team B. See, you can't put the puzzle together unless you get all the different pieces. And see, the thing is, yes, we should be people who read the Word every day, hear the Word every day, study the Word, speak the Word every day. That's who we should be. That's what we should do. But we also come to church to hear how the Holy Ghost wants to say it to us today. Because, yes, it's going to be the Word, but the Holy Ghost will anoint something that speaks to your heart that you wouldn't have otherwise gotten if you didn't come to church. Especially on the days when you really don't feel like going to church, that is the day you really need to go to church. Oh, I'm feeling really tired. I just want to sleep in. No, that's the day you roll yourself out of the bed, get your coffee, and make it to the house of God. Because there's a lot of times that's the day the Holy Ghost will give the answers because you pressed your way to get it. Because even if he gives that answer and you're not there, you're still responsible for it. Well, God, where's my answer? I've been praying for a word. I've been praying for a word. I guess it's praying doesn't work. No, he gave the answer, but you decided to sleep in. There are pieces you get as you come to sit and hear the anointed word of God preached and taught, and you put yourself in a position for the Holy Ghost to move, to where there's the word being preached or the Holy Ghost gets to moving, and the anointing falls on you, the fire of God falls on you, and God puts something on the inside of you you didn't have before until you came into the house of God and got under the corporate anointing. There are some pieces you only get as you keep coming and put yourself under the word of God and the anointing of God. So there's more pieces for you.
Team A. Team B. Team C. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. First Corinthians chapter 12. First Corinthians chapter 12, we'll start with verse 12. See, parents, since your kids have faith, make them use it. They're quick to believe already. You're working to get quick to believe. Give them a project to believe for. I remember when we were at youth camp, my wife was ministering in the morning session this year, and she mentioned how you can use your faith to get the shoes and clothes you want. The kids were so shocked. They're like, what? We can? And so later that night before I got into my real message, I said, I heard you guys were shocked this morning that you can use your faith to get the shoes you want. I'm going to teach you how to use your faith to get you the clothes you want. You should have saw the notebooks fly open. There were notebooks. There were pens. Let's go, Pastor. Let's go. What do we need to stand on? What we need to believe? And so then I gave them that scripture to stand on. There is a scripture you can stand on if you want a new wardrobe. Now, some of you need to ask your teenagers, what was that that pastor preached? Because I want some new clothes. <laughs> you already heard Minister Reggie read it today. What did he say? Talk about Solomon. It's not clothed. Well, it's not clothed with all these, yet God takes care of these, right? That's a clothing scripture. And it says, if you seek first the kingdom of God, it costs all these things, not just what you eat or drink, where you with your clothes. You know, God does want to clothe you in bad clothes. So you can stand on that scripture passage that, Father, based on your word, if I seek you first, you're just taking care of my normal stuff, but also the things that I want to wear. You can stand on that and set your faith and call in the items you want. Because there's some, honestly, there's some items that you want that you just don't want to pay that price. Anybody that? I saw the new iPhone. I like it. I don't want to pay for it, though. I don't want that price, 1100 No. I, but I can set my faith. Because God didn't ask you for you to pay for everything. He did say believe. Amen. So you could have a kid with expensive taste that wants red-bottom shoes. You're like, what in the world are you going to do with red-bottom <laughs> shoes? Well, they set their faith. They can get it. They may only be able to wear it for four months, and their foot grows more. What is the principle of faith? I told this example to the 1130 last week about how, because I've grown up in faith. I've grown up in the word of faith. I've grown up in the house of faith, being taught faith and how to use faith. I remember years ago, years, 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 years ago now, when the sketches first came out with the light-up shoes. They're popular now, but they were super popular then. They're the first time shoes began to light up like that. And so with that, I, was, I knew I wanted those shoes, but those shoes cost like 200 bucks. And I knew there's no way on God's green earth my parents were going to spend 200 bucks for an 8-year-old kid's shoes that would be on my feet for a few months before I outgrow them. And so... When it came time for me to get shoes again, I saw that commercial and I began to set my faith. Father, those are the shoes I want. That's what I'm believing for. Father, I thank you for those shoes. Every time that commercial came on, it was like that commercial that was kind of the dark. All these shoes would light up first. Every time I saw that commercial, I was using my faith. And so a couple weeks went by. Then it was time to go to buy me shoes. So this is my eight-year-old faith working. I went to go find those shoes. And I found these shoes in my size. That they said regular price were $129. But for some reason it was marked down and said $19.99. And then it was marked down again and said $9.99. I picked up my miracle. <laughs> hey mom, here are my shoes. 
She just stared at him and got him. And so I went to Kids World that night. I had my shoes on walking, telling the testimony, and everybody was looking at these shoes as it light up, the shoes that faith got. Teach your kids to use their faith. Encourage them to use their faith. Don't tolerate fear in your home. Let your kids tell you what they're afraid of if they're scared of anything. But then reply, say, hey, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be scared. See, because they'll hear that phrase. Like my toddler said something earlier this year. said, yeah, scared. I'm like, wait a minute, who taught you that word? But I'm going to combat fear. I'm not letting fear take a root in my house. So I started teaching the scripture. God hasn't given you the spirit of fear. Now you reply, what has he given you? She goes, spirit, power. Second one, love. Third one, sound mind. Why? We're combating fear. He said, well, it's normal to be afraid, but I thought we're not trying to raise normal kids. I thought we're trying to raise Christians. So we don't let fear have a place. What if they have nightmares? We'll combat it with the love of God. All right, well, what are we going to sing? Oh, you had a scary dream? Well, God gives you sweet sleep. That's one of the things I have my daughter say. Everyone said, we said, God, he told us in the Bible that you give us sweet sleep because you love us. I take it. I have it. In Jesus' name, amen. And so what if she doesn't fall asleep? We sing a song, Jesus loves you, this I know. What I'm doing, we're rehearsing the love of God. We're rehearsing the love of God. Rehearsing the love of God. Why? It's the mature, perfected, grown-up love of God that evicts and casts out all fear. So this is what you have to do on a regular basis. It's like what Deuteronomy says. You talk about the word. When you wake up, when you go to sleep, when you go throughout the way, the word is on your mind all the day. That doesn't mean, so well, at 6 a.m., at 12, at 3, and at 5, we'll talk about the word. That's not what he's talking about. It should be so part of your life, it just comes out your mouth. See, there are some things you may not know how to talk about. That's okay. That's why we have ministers here who can tell you what to say. Now, it's not their job to have a conversation for you. See, I was a former youth pastor, and as a youth pastor, you know, we covered a whole bunch of topics. And so I remember I had one parent came to me and said, hey, my kid hasn't had the talk yet. Can you have the talk with them and tell me how it goes? Like, no, I ain't about to do that. <laughs> it's your job to have the talk. I'll tell you what to say, and if you mess it up, I'll clean it up. But here's what you need to say, because it has to come from the parents first. They shouldn't be learning about that through the world. It's like, oh, my kid doesn't know. You should ask them some questions. They may know a lot more than you think they do. I ain't going to use any specific words. You say, well, pastor gave him the word. No, I didn't give him those words. I need to ask some questions. And then you tell them what to say. And you keep them in the house of faith so they can get this word of faith and they can grow in the things of God. Yes, take time to have family prayer together. That's important. But encourage them to have their own prayer life. Because you don't want them to have their own prayer life after they just go to college and they're trying to pray by themselves for the first time. No, pray together as a family, but encourage time every day. Hey, you go take some time and pray. You go take some time praying the Holy Ghost by yourself. You go ahead and talk to Jesus. And then every once in a while, ask them, what did Jesus tell you? Because they can hear from him. Jesus will talk to them. Some of your kids have seen Jesus. They haven't just even told you they've seen him. It's like, well, that happens? Yeah. Hear a parent talk to him. We've had it at youth camp. Kids are like, yeah, Jesus is standing right there. Why? He loves to show up. But we have to encourage these things. We have to encourage faith. We have to encourage prayer. We have to encourage love. 1 Corinthians 12, 12, for the, as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is 
Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Now notice, we're all different members, all different pieces. You can't be upset because of what member you are of the body of Christ. You can't be upset for, well, I don't know why God made me the stomach, because you need to be the stomach. I don't know why I'm the hand. I like to be the eye. Now, if my hand was where my eye was, there would be an issue. Whatever part you are in the body of Christ is because that's how God has anointed you to be. That's where God sets you to be. Don't get upset about your part in the family, your part in this church, your part in the global body of Christ. Be who God made you to be. And be grateful because he thought of all the things throughout all of time. The best person to do this job at 2018 is you. Appreciate how God has made you. And play your role. Because we can't do this without you. Your family can't do what God's called them to do without you. This church can't do what it's called to do without you. We are faith and we're better together. We are all different pieces of this puzzle. Romans 12, 6 tells us that we all have gifts that differ according to the grace, the divine ability and power that God has given us. It is when we come together that we see the maximum impact of all of the gifts and graces. When the puzzle comes together, you can see the full picture. Look at Psalm 133, verse 1, and we're close here. Psalm 33, verse 1. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in what? It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garment, as the dew of Hermon, as as the dew that descends upon the mountains of Zion, for there, upon unity, the Lord commands a blessing, even life forevermore. God likes it when families get along. God likes it when church members get along, because that's where he commands his blessing. But in order to do that, you have to learn to communicate. Because eventually, they probably, maybe, possibly put this puzzle together. But how many know it's going to take them longer because they can't talk? You must have an atmosphere in your home where you guys can talk about anything at any time. So parents, you have to learn to have the poker face so that they can say something crazy that you don't respond crazy. Because if they know how you're going to respond, they're not going to say what they really want to say or bring up that subject again. You can just go, oh, interesting. They said what? They did what? Well, here's what the Bible says. If you have to have a crazy reaction, go to your prayer closet and have the crazy reaction. But you have to be a person they can talk to. Because you want them to come to you, not their friends who know nothing, and not to the world that's going to take them to hell. So you have to be a place where communication can happen. And the thing is, although they may be little... Your kids are a piece of this puzzle. See, Jacob's family was in trouble. They were running away from the covenant, so God had Joseph be born. And Joseph delivered them. You have to think, the people in Egypt were crying out for a deliverer. I'm sure Moses' mama had been praying for years for a deliverer. And what she birthed delivered her race. Mary knew a Messiah was coming. She probably prayed for a Messiah, expected a Messiah, but she never knew that she delivered the Messiah until the angel appeared. What Mary delivered, delivered her. See, there could be some things, parents, you are praying for, things you've been believing God for, and God put the answer in your baby. Like you grow them in faith to be the arrow of light, 
They make the change that is so desperate in your heart to see. Not because you made them that way, because God anointed them that way. And you just encouraged them to follow God. So I don't know if you saw it, but at some point when I told you to open the scripture, I handed these kids an envelope full of puzzle pieces. So there was no way this family could have finished the puzzle together if they didn't have what their kids had. Now, because we're running out of time, this family would eventually put it all together. It'll take some time. It's 500 pieces. It's supposed to be a long project. But eventually, after time, they will put together what God put in their heart to do. You have to understand the plan of God is not overnight. It's not in a couple years. It's going to take some time to build it together. But if the open communications here, if everybody's working together, you will put it together. But you have to be people of the word, people who come to church to hear what the Holy Ghost has to say, and people who have relationships so you can get all the puzzle pieces and put it together. Amen? Amen. Go ahead and give our volunteers a big hand. Say, put Put. the puzzle puzzle. together. Say, put Put. the puzzle puzzle. together. And we do that in our life, in our family, in our church by faith. I hope you enjoyed today's message. We never want to close a broadcast without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. So if you've never asked him into your heart, you've never made him your Lord and Savior, pray this prayer with me today and mean it from your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he died for me, but on the third day, you raised him from the dead. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit and help me to live this Christian life. If you prayed that prayer and meant it from your heart, we believe you've been born again. We ask that you email us at info at FCCGA.com. That's FCCGA.com to let us know about the decision you've made for Christ today. Have an amazing day.